I told my friends that like I hate when Gabby drives me in the car because she's in control of the aux cord and all her music goes like this. Fuck, 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 sex, 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 tequila, 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 fuck, fuck, fuck. Someone hasn't listened to Aisha Erotica or Slut Pop. We love Slut Pop, but I I can't listen to that when I'm car sick. You you hear me? You guys asked, and we're back with the sex talk. The twins tell all again about sex. Nikki and Gabby sex talk tell all. Plus, this time, we're not just talking about ourselves. By popular request, we are also going to be answering your questions because you guys had a lot in the comments and we also opened up the Q&A on our podcast Instagram, Opposite Twins, little plug. Go follow it if you ever wanna be a part of this next Q&A type episode. But we wanna bring it to you guys because sex, we all have sex, so there's a lot of questions. Oh my God. Me with being carsick. I'm always carsick, <laughs> you know. Sucking dick makes me carsick, that's what everyone. Oh, here we go. Back to the sucking dick. <laughs> There's a lot of memorable quotes from the last episode. More than a whole movie. We're all hashtag we're more than a whole. We're more than a whole. Um, Gabby has never shit on someone before. No, I never have. Um, and Nikki always needs to be stimulated with coffee, sleeping, or sex. Yes. So, so. now that we've just recapped the first sex episode, <laughs> let's get into today's episode answering your questions about sex. But before we get into the QA. Gabby was bringing something up before we hit the record button, and I think it would be a great discussion to start our part two oh, sex episode. Gabby was telling me, homegirl, oh this is very different for you, but she's claiming that she's been celibate since fashion week. Yeah, for like a month. After you just said, I, I need to have it like five times a week. I know, I feel like I said that like so soon from like having it. But now that it's been like a few weeks, um, I've been like detoxing. Like I haven't been like, maybe I'll be getting some bef- since fashion week this week. I don't know. I'm, I'm just detoxing. Um, a I, dick detox. Not have smoking. You guys, have you guys ever had a dick detox? How does it make you feel? No, it's just like a detox of like everything. Like I, like I haven't even like done anything to myself. Good. Like I'm just, I just feel like I went through so much right after fashion week. I went through a lot like emotionally and I feel like I owe it to myself to just like focus on what's important and not like the distractions. And now I feel like I'm forming like a better relationship with sex, like the act itself, because the next time I do it, it's not going to be because it's like to bandaid something. It's going to be because like I actually want to. And I'm real, I'm realizing now I was using it as like a source of like validation in all of my relationships. And I think I'm the most emotionally happy with me, my friends, partner. Like, I feel very, like, fine right now. And that's, like, crazy. That's so, so crazy. So my question is, with the whole detox you're doing, have you watched porn? Have you gotten no. off? Nothing. Nothing. So your sex drive is, like, gone right now? It's not that it's gone. I'm just focusing on other things. Because I feel like... When I'm focusing on other things, I say I have a low sex drive because it's, like, I don't want to have sex. I feel like so I was I- using sex as, like, a... I'm stressed out. This is just a way to de-stress thing. And I want to make it more of like a special thing. Mm. Like, I don't know. I, it's just the detox. Like maybe I'll be different next month, but for this month I've been detoxing from a lot of different things. And it's, I don't know. Interesting. Like I've been cutting out sugar, like just like different things, just trying to be clean. Is that, isn't that like a thing? Like be a clean, clean girl aesthetic or something i don't know sex is like human nature so i feel like that's hard sugar our bodies aren't supposed to have sugar but sex like we're i don't know good for you because i don't i don't know i love my alone time 
Honestly, I feel like in my alone time, I've just been sleeping. I feel like I've been so like busy with like house renos and like you get the best sleep after podcast, vlogs, editing. I'm just like tired. I'm like, mm. but nothing beats that kind of nap, if you know what I'm saying. Oh, I know exactly what you're saying. After the why not mood, you're just like a good little nappy. Yeah, I know for sure. But honestly, hey, like you deserve you know, a why not mood. If it, you don't have to keep this detox celibacy thing I think going. I have a strong feeling the <laughs> detox is going to be broken this week. You're going to have the best session and then take the best nap after all this built up. I, I think I want to wait past the why not and wait till like a real in-person interaction. That's good because I feel like sometimes when you get too used to doing it yourself, like we talked about in the last episode, that can negatively affect your in-person contact and even if you're into it you just can't finish because you're just used to yourself which is really awkward because you're like I'm used to myself not a person well that leads us to the questions we're answering today so we don't want to out anyone after looking at the questions we I feel like it's very personal questions so if you guys want to shout yourself out in the comments for having your question answered by all means do it we'd love to see you guys in the comments and we're going to give you our best advice. So what was the first question? When did you have your first orgasm? I've never had one. And I feel crazy, to be honest. I used to feel this way. Can I actually start when, this Like, one? There's two different types of orgasms yes. here. There's penetration and then there's clitoral. Okay, so there's penetration and clitoral slash stimulation. So I say penetration, stimulation. And when I was in my first relationship... Like when you're young, you don't like boys don't know the purpose of stimulation. They just see it as more work. So all they want to do is literally stick it in dry. They don't want to get you wet. They just want to stick it in and have a field day pounding you. And then they're done and they're pleased. And then you're laying there like, what was that? Um, If you haven't had an orgasm, like you're probably with someone who is young and doesn't know what they're doing or they're not watching enough or like porn or they're not talking to their friends or they're not educated. Um, I think it's not your fault if you're not getting an orgasm. It's the other person. I think an orgasm is very easy once you figured it out. But I think personally, a lot of women can't get an orgasm from sex without being stimulated. Like there needs to be something. I disagree. I, I, I have a different answer I don't feel like it's to blame the other person I feel like sometimes the person who's unable to get them is unable to get them like I swear I've heard multiple friends be like oh I just don't get orgasms and I've slept with x y and z like what I feel like some it's all about like the your body I feel like some people are more like just like for example some people can have sex with no connection others can't have sex without a connection I think that's how like sometimes orgasms work like some people get them some people don't I'm just going off personal experience I genuinely could not relate I think they're asking us for like our experiences so I can't speak for that generalized of an answer but like just from my experience I feel like in the past um they either don't know where the clit is and they're just like rubbing everywhere and it hurts after a while. And I used to get to a point where I'd get close, but they were taking so long that I'd get embarrassed that I was taking a while that I would get close to finishing. And then I would start all over and get farther away from the orgasm. And I think it really is being in unison with whoever you're having sex with, even if it's a stranger, like just being in unison and I think stimulation is very important. I th- There's a false sense of an orgasm being portrayed in Hollywood in movies where a woman and a man are having sex and the woman's like, <gasps> like losing it. And it's like, you're losing it like 
just from that, like what they're showing on the screen wouldn't do it in real life. You know, like there's no toys, no touching, no stimulation. Like what? I, the first time I had mine was actually when I was like in middle school, I was playing around with a back massager. One of those yeah, vibrating you, back massagers. You and Alex had both. The Alex massages. told me, she's like, try it down there. It feels good. And then like I tried it and then I was like, oh, and then but that was like the only time really the only next time I actually had one was with my first boyfriend when we were just like, you know, penetration, not that part. I think my first oh, my God, my first orgasm, I didn't know it was an orgasm. I didn't know it was happening. I was watching stuff on my computer laying on my stomach. This is so awkward. I don't know. It just like I got a feeling that overcame me. I was like, what the fuck was that? And then I was like, that felt good. I want to do it again. And then it's like my little like laptop nighttime hobby. And then it happened again. I was like, I can do this. I can feel good on my own like this without a pool jet. That's cool. Oh, a pool jet. Wait, that was another one. I didn't ever finish from a pool jet. I just would like go against it and just feel good. But like I finished on my own watching something on a computer and we were at our parents' beach house and I was like, what the fuck? There's no right or wrong time to feel this for the first time. It all depends on your body. I would, my advice would be just to figure yourself out on your own so you can apply that with a partner. Yeah. I think my answer is masturbation and then having making sure you're communicating to your partner that you're not orgasm like you're not getting an orgasm that's they need to learn your body you and you need to communicate it nicely and then when it works out you're like fuck yeah then you get in like a rhythm and then it's fun the next question is have you ever had sex in the back door if so what did it feel like during and after Yes, I have. And honestly, it hurt really, really, really bad. Like the first few times. It's not, I wouldn't like jump to that before like vaginal sex. Like I wouldn't jump to that. Me neither. I agree. I think it's like a fun thing. It's a funny thing when you're drunk or like to be hot. But like, I can't imagine any girl who'd be like, yes, I want to get fucked in the asshole right now. Like I like. Like, what? It does not feel good unless, like, you really, like, have practiced with toys. Like, I feel like it's just, it feels like sticking a watermelon through, like, a door hole. Like, no, it just feels like something's going in a place where it doesn't belong. Like, it, things are meant to come out. Not, but I, I know men have, like, a G-spot in there, so obviously, like, that, like, feels good. Feel but like girls a don't. Finger, a finger there feels good. But not a whole thing. Yeah, no. No. Especially if, like, your your partner is, like, large and in charge. I feel like that is just feeling like reverse shitting. <laughs> like, ah! <laughs> it feels like reverse shitting. It's getting a... <laughs> Ow! <laughs> Gross. And, like, after it's done, you just feel weird from your butt for a while. You're like, what was that? Oh, uh, afterwards? <laughs> the like, aftershocks of butt I've never, sex. okay, to answer your question, I've never, sh- I've never shit on a dick, but like afterwards, I feel like I have to go and it just rockets out. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Rocket ships out? Like what? Like literally with air, like... <laughs> <laughs> With air and force. 
You're insane. Okay, next question. What is considered too soon in a relationship? Like kissing, sex, I love you. Um, it's not too soon if, it, if, it, if you genuinely are like you're feeling it. And I feel like I've been in a relationship where we've said I love you way too soon. Actually, he said it and I was like, Ugh, I don't feel that way. But I have to say it back or else it's awkward. And it was like two weeks after Ooh. we started dating and I was only 18. I was like, really, bro? And then in my last relationship, I felt it and he felt it and we didn't even have a label on it. And we were just like mid hookup and like we just looked at each other and he's like, I love you. And I'm like, I love you. And I'm like, oh. that's when it's like magic when that happens, when it's like, we're not even supposed to be saying this because we're not even dating, but I'm like, God, I fucking love you. And that's right. And you'll know if it feels right or wrong. And if it feels wrong, oh bless you because I'm still working on it if someone's moving faster than you I don't even it's hard because you don't want to be awkward there's no right or there's no right or wrong time to say or do anything like if I had to go along with whatever timeline I had planned out for myself I wouldn't be where I am right now I feel like everything happens for a reason and everything I've gone through in the past year like in my personal life I I, if it had to be a different way I'm sure I would have picked a different way but like when things happen, they just happen and you got to roll with it and stop trying to like plan. This is the right month to have sex. This is the right month to say I love you. Like you just got to go with the flow and everyone has their own timeline. Like, for example, like you could be going a month, two months, three months, three years without having sex with your partner and you still could have a special great bond and relationship. It's all about like your timing together as a couple. So when I was younger, I thought everything was too soon. I moved so slow. And if anyone's ever going to pressure you, that's not right. I think if I could go back to when I lost my virginity, I do wish it was different because this is actually really interesting to talk about, Gabby, because I think, was it you that said the same thing? It might have been the first time I lost my virginity. I didn't really consent to it, but because it was my boyfriend and we were in love and kissing even though like hookups would get to a certain point and then we would stop because I wasn't ready. And then when you're hooking up and, and it gets to that point and then they're like, ready? And you're like, no, it still happened. And I think now like looking back, I don't blame either side. I think like you're, everyone's just like, I, I think there's a lot more awareness now of what that type of situation is. But I think back then when we were in high school like 10 years ago I think it was very like oh well this is my girlfriend so I can do this and she she's gonna like it anyway let's just try it and I just like wish that if I could go back to when I lost my virginity I wish I really was ready because I think what happened at the end like when you have sex with someone there's an actual chemical that's released that creates attachment which is if you want to get really deep that's why a lot of religions say no sex before marriage because it it creates a false sense of unity and attachment when that's probably not your soulmate or your person. Mm-hmm. And I think I wouldn't have stayed in that relationship as long as I did if that chemical wasn't released. I actually like used to be, we won't get into it, but I used to be pretty religious and I was like, I'm waiting, I'm saving myself, I'm saving myself. And then I wasn't saving myself. But I was happy. Like when I left that night, I was like, yay, I did it. But now looking back, now as, as I've gotten older, I'm like, 
oh yeah i don't i didn't like that you know yeah i thought my boyfriend my then boyfriend i thought he was gonna like leave me for another girl or cheat on me if i didn't have sex with him i think be very careful with who you lose your virginity to and we said this in the first episode and i'll say it again like good dick imprisons you get to know the person before he in like literally enters your body like as blunt as that is like get Mm -hmm. to know what's in here not down there because then it creates a really unhealthy situation so yeah basically moral of the story is there's no timeline for anything but don't ever give into anything because of pressure go at your own pace so the next question is how do you feel about role play so i used to think role play was just something for a different type of person. When I was growing up, I was like, oh, there's people like that out there. Got it. That's not me. And then I realized as I got older, oh, like this is fun. And I actually, I really get it now. It's like you can become different people in a bedroom with a person that you trust and it can make it even hotter than you can't, you can't even imagine how hot it can get. I don't know. I personally have experimented with role play and I love it. So, but I didn't know I was one of those people, you know? The only role play I've done is that Renaissance thing. Oh, people want you to get into that. Yeah, no, for no, real. Are you really going to get into it? Even, well, honestly, even like now, like in where I am now, I've kind of dabbled with like the romantic aspects of like the, the, basically the renaissance era is very romantic to me i'm very romantic in the bedroom i love the gowns the fabric the like <laughs> i love romance i love like fiction i love <laughs> hence why it's called fiction um i love like novels like all like that like period film type like love scenes all that stuff and i feel like that's where the role play initiated like we're just started and for some reason every partner I've had has like been like yeah no like I see like that's like it's like dramatic and hot and like so yeah it's not just the pirate shirt like everyone's like oh the pirate shirt there's something with the pirate shirt I'm like no (laughs) it's not the pirate shirt guys it's just like the overall aesthetic that is like sexy to me because romance is sexy to me um what was the question um oh but anyways to get back to the question (laughs) Um, I feel like role play really could make you feel like you could do whatever in the bedroom and not feel weird because it's just, it's like playing, but with like another like person and incorporating that into something you all, you regularly do. I don't know. I, it just feels normal to me. I, I like it. I think it's really hard to implement if you're dating like someone who likes vanilla sex like realist sex yeah like realist vanilla quiet sex we could vanilla sex is great it you could you get the job done it feels really good it's a relaxing environment but like um i think if you get an adventurous type of partner that is down like you are i think sky's the limit but it all depends who your partner is and also it's not a bad thing if your partner's not into role play either. You guys just have to come to like a common ground to make sure both are satisfied or pleased. I don't want you guys to hear this podcast and be like, there must be something wrong in my relationship if my person doesn't like role play. I had vanilla sex for years and I was very Same. content. It Same. Was, there's nothing wrong with any kind of sex. Yeah. You're I've not missing anything. All different types. But yeah, I, I think role play is really cool. It's funny. I love it. Um, 
What was your gay awakening? Nick, you could answer that one first. I think it starts with a D. No, no I don't mean dick. Actually, like, younger than that. Your story starts with a D. It was America's Next Top Model. Oh, there was a person before Demi Lovato. Yeah, so I was watching America's Next Top Model. I was like 11. I think I was in like sixth grade. And I didn't know. I heard of the term lesbian, but I didn't know what it was. And there was a contestant on America's Next Top Model. We love Kim Stoll's Cycle 5. Um, she had like the short hair, the smoky eye, and all the girls, all the straight girls in the house were like flirting with her and she was macking on them in, in the limo. She was kissing girls in the limo. And at one point she, they had her come back to recreate the limo kiss with another girl. And I just was like, I want to kiss this person. I want to touch this person. I was like, I'm very attracted, but I knew she was a girl. And I knew that at the time, like I didn't know of anyone that liked the same gender. So uh, automatically alarms went off in me. And, and it was like, you can't like this. There's something wrong with you. You can't like this. There's something wrong with you. You need to get this out of your head right now. You're disgusting. And I oh felt my that God, right away. You said that to yourself? I heard all that in my head. And I remember we were being babysat by our grandparents that night. And they like we ordered Pizza Hut. I remember the weirdest things. <gasps> I remember this. And too. I, we got like the fucking. I got. I remember the weirdest things, like the pizza strips that you that you dip dunk in. in the dips. I remember this night. And the pizza came, and they didn't know I was acting so weird. Like it's time to eat, and I didn't have my appetite. I'm like, like why can't you eat? And I'm like, I was so ill. I was like, what's wrong with me? And because I also have OCD, my my brain liked to think about it on repeat even though I didn't want to think about it anymore very intrusive thoughts and it started being like Nikki do you find this girl attractive in your dance class how about this person I'd watch Hannah Montana it's like do you find Miley Cyrus attractive and I started finding everybody attractive then and I was like oh my like truly a gay awakening I like after that I started finding girls attractive I don't know what that is but um and then after that was Demi Lovato and I was rebelling against going to her concert and she was coming to Pennsylvania and Gabby's like, don't you want to go? And I was like, no, she's like, don't you want to go? I'm like, I can't go to her concert. And Gabby didn't know why I was acting like that. I knew it. And then she surprised me with tickets. And of course I went, but like you had to buy me tickets to see Demi and you knew I was such a big fan, but I didn't want to go because I thought going in person would make me fall more. Was this the Unbroken <laughs> tour? Yeah. I knew it would make me want a girl more. And I was like, I can't like this. I can't. Nikki and I were both hung up on Demi Lovato, <laughs> especially during the Unbroken era. Oh my god! God, and you know what's weird? Skyscraper like, music video. She's not normally my like that. Like I'm not normally into that type, which is so weird. But I, she's my longest like girl crush. Mm -hmm. But there was something that we both had. Nikki, why? We both were... Mom had no idea. She was coming with us to these concerts. We're like, Demi. And mom's like, yay. And we're like, oh, <laughs> she has no idea. We're just sitting there like... <laughs> I paid so much money for a meet and greet in college. I, I made up my profile picture on Facebook. I remember we were like so upset. Like when she had the neon pink hair, we were like... She started getting edgy and we're like... So my first gay awakening was when... Jess and like our friends from Ravian, they took us to a PYT dance recital. Do you remember that? We were sitting like where like the bells would play. Like it was some sort of like arena thing in Bethlehem. 
it was some sort of like theater. I don't know where the seats start at the back and go down Symphony Hall or something. I don't know. Um, we saw a dance recital. <laughs> I and there remember was, this, but I didn't know this happened. Wait, you, do you remember who I'm talking about? I didn't know the person. So there is a dance. There's a dance recital dance where these girls were tap dancing. They were in like black mini dresses with like white Peter Pan collars, like super mod, like cute, vintagey looking outfits. And I remember like looking at when you watch a dance recital, you like look at every individual person and you're like, oh, she's cute. She's cute. Fix her makeup. Like, you know, like you think like things to yourself. Like you don't just watch, like at least for me, I don't watch it over a whole. I like to look at everyone individually, you know, when you watch a dance recital. (laughs) There was this one girl with super short hair, like, like long for a guy, but short for a girl. Um, Kind of like hair. Um, So (laughs) um, I saw this girl with this hair, short, short hair. And she had like eyeliner on and brown like hair, like almost like a like a layered haircut, this wavy, curlyish eyeliner and like very androgynous, tap dancing in this dress. And I was like, oh fuck yes. Who is this? Like fuck yes. And I remember thinking to myself, oh, this must be bad that I'm thinking like this. I need to look away. I remember I kept trying not to look at this girl, but I kept looking back at her. And I was like, oh no, what am I feeling? What am I feeling? And I knew deep down what I was feeling, but I didn't want to accept it. And I feel like all the times leading up to now, whether it was a girl or a boy, anyone who gave the same vibe, I was so like drawn to. Agreed. I was like. Whether it's a guy or girl, if they have that like vibe, you pass. You pass the check. Yeah. So that's that was my gay awakening. Did you have like any other like girl crush celebrity besides Demi? Yeah, but I don't bring it up on, I don't want to bring it up on here because I know this person personally. <laughs> they okay. don't, they just don't know that they were one of my gay awakening celebrity crushes. Interesting. Um, For me, wait, th- this is really interesting, Gabby. I feel like a lot of people that ended up coming out or being bi or queer or pan females, a lot of them had Bieber fever. Let's talk about this. Oh my gosh. Yes. There was something about young Bieber's energy that really, he had so many girls after him because he even made the gay girls think they were straight. Whoa. Yes. There was something very feminine about him that made us who liked feminine energy, like a guy can be feminine. That's kind of like the nice what Timothy hair. Chalamet does to me. Oh, like, Tiffany. Oh. Tif- Tiffany. Tiffany. <laughs> <laughs> Ah! I was like, oh, Tiffany. <laughs> Tiffany! <laughs> His lesbian said, alter ego. <laughs> the way I just said it, like, oh, oh Tiffany. Tiffany. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? I had a Hashtag Tiffany, <laughs> Tiffany Chalamet. Can someone make an edit of what they imagine Tiffany Chalamet to look like, please? That's why Tiffany... <laughs> That's why I, th- I think I can't say his name together. Like that's what's happening. <laughs> Timothy Bellamy. Do you remember Bellamy? <laughs> Do you remember the TikTok of the ballerina guy who looked Look, like Timothy Chalamet? And the top, the comment, top comment says is Timothy, Timothy Bellamy. <laughs> Let's get back to focusing. So the next question is: How do I tell my friends with benefits I want more? 
So I was actually in a friends with benefits situation in college and the fear of telling this person that I wanted more drove me absolutely crazy and when you feel like you can't authentically tell someone that you're intimate with or care about like oh I want more that's a red fucking flag if you ask me if you feel like you cannot speak what is on your heart on your mind if you feel like you have to filter yourself in any shape or form about your emotions your feelings your love then they don't deserve your body. And if it, if if you are one of the two people who agreed for the situationship or the friends with benefits, then you're the one who lied to yourself in the beginning if you if you had emotional feelings for them to begin with. That's such a... I'm glad you just said that because I was going to say that. You're lying to yourself. I think like you can't also blame the friend with benefits if it's what you you knew what you were getting into knowing that they're not maybe ready for a relationship or knowing, you know what I mean? It's like, it takes two to tango, but it, it, I think it takes reflecting and looking inward to knowing your self-worth. And is this something I can keep having fun with? Or is this something I should end for my well-being? Yeah. Like if it's messing with your mental health, I say, definitely tell them, even if you get like the answer you're not hoping for, like at least you are honest with yourself and them. Yeah. That's like, that's my answer. A hundred percent. And it could be a friend with benefits that you're really comfortable with. That's like actually a friend, but you guys just love having sex together. Then that is the best opportunity to talk to them to want to do more. How do you come out to people? So you, it's going to take a year or two after coming out to keep coming out until people just get it. You're going to have to keep coming out because for some reason, maybe it's where we live, but every or even on the internet, people just assume if you look femme, you're straight. If you're in a small town and you dated men before, you're straight. People just stereotype and assume that that's like what everybody is. And the second you're like, no, you're gonna have to explain it. But for some reason, hetero people do not have to explain. I like opposite genitals. Like straight people don't have to do that. Like when we first brought our boyfriends home in college, we didn't have to say, mom, dad, guess what? We need to have a conversation. I want to suck a dick. You don't have That is the truest thing I've ever heard. And you know. So then why do you have to sit your parents down and say, mom and dad, I want to eat a pussy. Oh my God. That's, it's awkward. Like no one should have to come out. It's literally awkward. And people stay in the closet because they don't want to face that embarrassment of having their parents know that or having their teachers or their friends or people on the internet. And it's coming out is a beautiful thing though. It might be embarrassing, but it'll make you feel really good. And my advice for how, how do you come out to people? Well, you asked a girl who came out at 26 years old on TikTok and then came out again when she was 27. Um, So when I first came out as bisexual, I felt there was this point in my life where I was tired of like hiding that side of me when I was so publicly like experiencing other girls and I'm a public figure. I felt like there was, I just had to do it in a universal place where everyone could just find the video, like a TikTok, instead of individually going to everybody. And then when I came out as pansexual, I came out in a YouTube video for the same reason. Yeah, I kind of came out on accident, but ironically, I felt safest to tell you guys, my fans and people that follow my life, I felt more comfortable because I knew you guys would get it. And actually a lot of you guys saw it coming versus in my personal life, I was not ready for that. 
I was more ready to come out to you guys, my audience versus people in my real life, because I feel like you guys have watched my journey. And a lot of you guys actually were like, we knew this, Nikki, like you didn't have to come out to us. You guys just caught on. But people in my real everyday life, that was really hard because it's just different, especially when it's a different generation, like the older ones and they don't get it. They I think wish. it's a phase. They think, oh, it's, it's just a trend. It's, I, if I had a penny for every time I heard an older relative say, it's, it's just the cool thing to do now. You kids are all confused. Oh are my you, God. No, your generation was just very harmful. I, w- I was going to say, to answer this question, I wish I could tell you how to come out to people, but I'm not the professional considering I waited so long and I have a platform and followers to do it too and a universal social media account accounts that relatives, family, friends, people who are interested can just go to to see for themselves. I kind of hid behind social media because I felt like I couldn't confront people face to face and, you know, I'm still struggling with confrontation. It's something I've always struggled with, so I don't think I'm the best person to answer this question. What was it again? How do you come out to people? How? I guess take it step by step. For me, it started with my audience because that's a group of people that I felt safest with. Obviously, not all of you guys are influencers, but I. after that, I came out to my best friend at the beach and she made me feel so good afterward. She even said she knew already before I came out. And after that feeling of, wow, she's seeing me for me and she's making me feel safe and comfortable, I felt inspired to keep coming out. I wouldn't start with where you feel the most uncomfortable. I still haven't had that sit down, talk with my parents. They just had to just get used to it. I never gave them the opportunity to have an opinion because to be honest, it didn't matter to me. I know that, you know, it's different for them and that it probably makes them uncomfortable and I hate that, but their comfortability isn't my problem now at 27 years old. Good. My comfortability is the most important, not theirs. As it should be. If it makes them uncomfortable, I'm just, I just won't, they won't know about that part of my life. And unfortunately there has to be like a wedge if that is the case and that live on your own terms. Like whatever makes that someone uncomfortable then it's not it's not worth your energy. You're never going to change a person's mind. So just spend your time being around people that make you feel comfortable in your skin. I agree. I just like Nikki said, though, or not even what she said. I would say listen to what Nikki said, because I still am having trouble with that. So I'm honestly n- taking notes on what Nikki said. It's just the craziest <laughs> thing to me. It's just crazy to me for like when and where did it become people's right and common knowledge to know what you prefer sexually and if it's right or wrong and how that is applied to religions and how that is applied to societal norms? When did that become a thing? Because it would be so inappropriate to bring up a straight couple's sex life. Oh my God. Or to not approve of a straight couple. So I'm just, I'm wondering... Where did this come from? It is where what what religion says you can't be in love if it's not under these set of rules. It has to be opposite sex. This that it's like, but love is love. So it's like I would love to get to a place where there's no coming out, 
and there's nobody's nobody's noses are where they don't belong. There are too many noses where they don't belong from people who don't have the best things to say. It's that's always baffled me. And I feel like the only people who need coming out to are the people who don't understand it. And the whole concept, I feel like, shouldn't even be a thing because love is love and they don't have to come forward to us and tell us that they're fucking their straight partner. Like, it's just stupid. Like, I think that everyone should feel confidently equal about who they're in love with sometimes i feel like the past generation wanted to explore their sexuality and maybe it had those urges or or desires and never acted on it for the sake of how brutal it was to be gay back then i think them seeing their kids live so freely is a trigger to them we're a mirror to them just that, like what you said the other yeah, day about the traditions i think some people's children ego. Some people's children trigger them, trigger the parents, showing them, I can live free and happy and you never did. And that's going to bother the shit out of them because they've already lived their life. Yep. The last question. What is your fantasy? That's a very broad question. I have a lot of them. I have lived my fantasies. We're kind of on that streak right now. I have genuinely lived my fantasies. So I'm creating more dreams in my head. Um, in the bedroom, I'm assuming that's what fantasies mean. I have been having a great year, like, sexually. My fantasy that was fulfilled this year was I had sex in a limo on my way to going out of the country. <laughs> With a the driver there? The window was, or the door divider was up. That's hot. I was like, what in the Gossip Girl's happening? Wow. You must have slept good on that flight. Yeah. Jeez. Sex and sleep really go hand in hand, just saying. My fantasy, this is going to sound really sad, but I was closeted so long that my fantasy was to just finally experience being with a girl. Mm. Yeah. Nikki, as your twin, as Nikki's twin sister, I'm so happy for her right now. Like, I feel like there's this whole side to her that only I knew intuitively as someone who's like a half of a whole with her, a whole. Um, so I feel like Nikki and I, we've always been queer. Like, we've always just known. We never had to like really come out to each other. No, we just, that's the funny part. We never we had to come out to each knew, other. Always. We're like, oh, we're the same. We're the twins. Like, but Nikki was always the quiet one to herself, shy. I feel like I was more of like the ballsy one. And as a twin, being the more outgoing ballsy one, I always felt felt empathy towards Nikki and like her low self-esteem and her like mysteriousness and shyness. And like I knew there was like this side to her that she was so, so quiet about that she's fine. Nikki is not quiet anymore, one. And two, I do feel like her music and her her music and just like doing her right now has led her to like fulfill her like inner child right now. So I don't know. It's just really cool to watch. It's inspiring. Really? Yeah. Like you see it a whole difference. Like I had zero confidence as a kid. Yeah. You did. I feel like I've always been like super femme and it's been easier to like, you know, embrace that part of me. But you've always been like had this side to you that was edgy and you didn't know how to embrace it or I remember I wouldn't wear dresses and my mom was like Nikki just wear a dress and I'm like no and this is gonna sound so weird but this is how I internalized it as a kid 
I said, I would feel like a guy wearing a dress. Guys don't belong in dress. I didn't, I, when you're little, you think that guys aren't supposed to wear dresses. So I was like, I would feel like a guy wearing a dress. My personality doesn't fit the dress. I remember that. We we're shopping for homecoming dresses. And my mom was like, no, honey, you'd look beautiful in one. I was like, but I you feel like my personality didn't match. Obviously, like when YouTube picked up, I noticed wearing dresses and skirts got views. And we, I went through that saturation era and I started wearing plaid skirts and stuff. She started wearing sundresses with denim jackets and, and I knew something wreaths. was up. I was like, I was getting real straight. And I was also almost four years in that relationship and attached and just ignore. I was like, you know what? Maybe that was a phase. We're going to put it away. And then all of a sudden I went through that breakup, dyed my hair blue and I went completely back to where I was. And I was like, I didn't like dresses. Why the fuck did I wear that? And now looking back at, at, um, videos on YouTube from that era, it really makes me cringe. Not because I was ugly. I think I was adorable. I was young, but I was so not myself during the saturation era. That was not me. And now I do wear dresses because I realize there's ways to still feel me in a dress. It just can't be the Gabby style dress, the, the cottage core Parisian, a pretty little thing, Insta baddie silk, you know, there's those dresses I don't feel me in, but I feel me in like tight, black, sexy, two-piece sets. Leather, corsets, tie up. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I feel me, but I still prefer pants over dresses and skirts, but I just remember saying that to my mom. Like, I feel like a guy wearing a dress. Like, I, I thought I would look not me. And... Even when I did go to homecomings, I would wear like black and stuff. Whenever we'd go homecoming dress shopping, we would spend like from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. because Nikki couldn't find a dress. Do you remember you that? You found one right away all the time. It's always, even with the wedding dress, it was always the first one. Like it's the first one I try on always. It's because always. I also, my body type, I didn't. That's another thing. I felt like a guy in a dress, but I also had these hips. I, I love them now, but I used to hate them growing up because I didn't feel like very feminine but I had these womanly hips and I just wanted that like swimmer's body that went straight down that looked muscular I just wanted to look athletic and I everyone was like Nikki your hips are bigger than my mom's and oh why do you hate your hips they're womanly and I did not want to be called womanly and I hated the phrase childbearing hips people are like you just have childbearing hips Ugh. I hated that their hips Oh my god! I know, but it's like I was. What? That's so annoying. They would say that. To I, you. I I would wear like our brother's basketball shorts and a sports bra and look at my hips in the mirror and cry that I had these things hanging over my shorts. I had love handles, and then guys started sexualizing them in high school and in middle school. Like Nikki has shit to grab on her hips, and it just was such a weird journey. That's gross. I had a lot of. I think I had a harder time coming into my own before you because I think the whole sexuality thing and my body and how I felt inside versus how I looked outside. It was very like not the same. Yeah. For those of you who don't, don't know, Nikki like had like these hips and she was like seven, eight, literally. Um, and my older sister and I never really had those. We just kind of, you know, I went through that era where I just didn't want them. So I just wore sports bras all the time. And you always were like, Nikki doesn't wear anything except sports bras. Do you remember that? Oh my God. I remember that. I literally just wore sports bras. Over like everyone wore the cut bras and I was like, ew, they're so uncomfortable. What's wrong with you? Right, Nikki, we are so sidetracked. What is your fantasy? Oh fuck. Okay. <laughs> uh 
We could just call this yeah. Opposite Twins with ADHD. Yes. A sex ADHD podcast. My fantasy now is... I have some movie-like cinematic fantasies. Me too. Like, I want my life to feel like a goddamn movie. I want my sex life to feel like a one big Gossip Girl episode. I want to be like in Titanic without the Titanic sinking. Oh, yeah, that's cute. Like, I want that whole like fall in love in three days and like have sex in a car and then like in the rain and like just I'm a hopeless romantic. That's how I am. That's why like the Renaissance period-esque movies always like got to me. So romance I, is so hot. I know. It is hot. As you get older, it gets hotter. Trust me. Like, when I was younger, I thought romance was kind of awkward. I thought romance was dead. I was like, guys don't want romance. But then when you get older, it's people, comforting. people get more serious about it. Well, I feel like we answered everything. Yeah. Hopefully, like, this maybe is like a reoccurring type of episode we do. It's just like sex talk. I love it. Sex questions, sex discussion, story times. So much more. I feel like that could be said still. And if you guys want to stay tuned for next episode, definitely subscribe to us and keep up with us every Tuesday we upload. You can stream this on all platforms as well. And definitely check out the YouTube visuals because the visuals are something you don't want to miss. And yeah. Love you guys, and we'll see you guys in our next episode. Bye. Bye.